Good morning, everybody, and a happy Saturday, May 8th. This is, mm-mm, I said this is, <clears throat> this is the Black Alien Sportscast. Good morning to you all. I'm the alien from another planet. My man Anton is with me to my left. Bobby stepped outside for a second. And we got some things to talk about, peoples. So we're going to talk about that Aaron Rodgers deal, the whole shebang in Green Bay, what the hell is going on there, who is rumored to get him, who could get him. Um, Denver's name came up. We're going to talk about all that. Also, what's going on with the Lakers? The Lakers have been struggling ever since their, their gut big guns that came back. They've been up and down. I know they've had injuries left and right, but now they've fallen into the play-in spot for the play-in tournament. And I know recently... In recent days, LeBron criticized the play-in tournament. Basically said, whoever came up with that shit should be fired. That's what LeBron said about it. Um, but that's another subject we'll get into also. But the big one, the big ones, <clears throat> or the absolute big one, um, we all know the big, big fight tonight is Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. But also there's a UFC fight night event um, as well. We have the ladies highlighting that, and we're going to talk about all of that in great detail. So, without further ado, we will get started now. So, let's chat about this whole Aaron Rodgers um, debacle, I should say. Like, Brian Gutenkunst, that man is not a, must not be a very popular man in Green Bay right now. Cannot possibly be a very popular man right now in Green Bay. Not only in Green Bay... In the greater Wisconsin area, because I can tell you right now, if if there was a mood to describe what the street <laughs> was up there in Cheeseland, I would have to say morbid. Mm. What would you say? Peter. <laughs> I would say putrid. Putrid. Putrid, yeah. Putrid? Yeah, putrid. Oh. I could go with putrid. <coughs> this whole thing, Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a mess. And this all started, and it really wasn't Jordan Love's fault, and it's not his fault. This is a decision made by the front office, giving their what turned out to be very irrational thinking and think, thinking and believing that Rodgers was going to have a decline, where the man went out there and played some of the best football of his career. MVP. Mm-hmm. Third MVP award. So, I mean, don't get no better than the MVP. That is correct. It doesn't get any better than that. And he had, and they said Rodgers been talking to teammates and former players about the situation, and they say he's conflicted about his future. He loves Green Bay. He loves the fans. He loves the team. loves everybody. But it's just the issues with the front office given the decisions they made in recent years, especially draft-wise. That's the one. That is the one. And we know that, yep, and he is the one there in Green Bay. And given that, um, that it would be very catastrophic, literally catastrophic, if Rodgers ends up leaving Green Bay. Absolutely, man. Catastrophic to another level. Uh... I can tell you uh, I'm happy for him, to be quite honest. Kudos to him for having the, the, the moxie, if you will, 
to step out and, and, and speak for once. He's usually keeping everything inside. He's even killed guy, you know, and it comes out really usually the wrong way or it's interpreted the wrong way. Right. This particular time, I believe Aaron Rodgers actually thought this one out. I believe he actually sat back and really ruminated on it and felt that it was time. Yeah. He feels it's time. He's He is not happy with not only just his current condition, mm-hmm. but more so the fact that they stalemate or checkmated him when they drafted a quarterback. When they drafted Jordan Love. And that ticked them off. And I read somewhere in the tea leaves yesterday that mm-hmm. he they offered him a max, by the way. Which he turned down. Which he turned down. And it was it would have made him the not only the highest paid quarterback in the league. Highest paid player in the league. Player in the league. Mm-hmm. And he turned that down. Mm. That's very telling, my friend. That is. That's very significant. So I'm saying to you that I really believe he well thought this out. Yeah. This is a well thought out plan and it it, it festered at him. Mm-hmm. It festered inside of him when they drafted Jordan Love and it has not left since. And I think that was the reason why he produced an MVP season. I think that's exactly why they <laughs> because did because they anticipated. He wanted to let them fools know. Look, I am still one Aaron Rodgers, and I'm a bad, bad man. Yeah, and, you understand? And, and a he bad, 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 bad. I'm telling you. And I got to go with Mr. Smith on that because there's no greater word to say about that dude because he is, he, you, you can't, how are you going to find anything like him? And why would you not want to make the world around this man happy? That just blows me away. I'm sorry. I just had to interject on that, right? And that's that's a lot. That's a question on I think a lot of fans' minds is, what the hell? But now the other question is, if they are forced to move Rodgers, which will likely be after June first, given the cap savings, realistically, the teams that can get him, and I have seen, I've been reading, Denver's name came up. Okay. It has been. Yes, Denver is the forefronter, uh, forerunner. They are the frontrunner in that uh, aspect. And they are already in talks, from what I'm hearing, of some sort. They, they're, Both camps have contacted one another, whether, whether they are in talks or not. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that mm-hmm. as though it's official or anything. But the consensus is, uh-huh. is that he would probably be more so leaning towards the Broncos at this point. I would think so, and but me being a Broncos fan, and I've thought of this. I think of the situation when this Aaron Rodgers situation. I think of it makes me think of the Peyton Manning situation when Peyton came to town. Absolutely, it makes me think of that. And but Peyton, when he left, he was definitive about his leave. That's the difference. Yeah, Peyton was definitive because. Yeah, he, he came, he left Indy at that time. I know. But he was like, his plan was all the way etched out. He already, I think, I think Peyton had new, they've known the whole way what they were going to do. I really Indy believe at the that. time, yeah, Jim Irsay, yeah, he knew. Yeah, they all knew what they were going <clears> to <throat> do, bro. That was all a setup. 
You can tell because they jumped into private jets and flew out to freaking Carolina and met that boy. You understand? So that should tell you that was planned. Be pre. It had to been. <laughs> it had to been pre-planned. Who knows? I but don't know. In my opinion. Back to back to the subject here. I thought of this move and I know a lot of a lot of Broncos country would love it because and Aaron Rodgers would make it an instant Super Bowl contender. And uh, in all honesty, who wouldn't want that trade-off? But at the same time, in being seeing the situation before in a similar capacity, I'm not I'm not comfortable with it because I rather us continue to build and develop Drew instead of don't get me wrong, any don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks in football. I'm not discrediting the man in any way, shape, or form. I never will. But you're, you're again sacrificing your long-term development for short term gain. Okay, I, and, that's and, fair enough, but but and, and I I don't agree with it to a certain extent, but I understand why. And if it had to be done, it had to be done. It is what it is. But sacrificing and mortgaging the future again, no, sacrificing and mortgaging the future may or may not be worth it. Or the way I could, or we can look at it, if you will. Like, they are doing this to protect the future. I think it's a great move for that cause. I, I, I am on board with the move. I think it's the perfect spot for him, for one. Why? Because one, Elway is there, who is a quarterback in the front office that's pushing all the buttons. And can you imagine him and Elway sitting down with this kid, uh, Drew Locke, and getting this dude's mind wrapped around the right quarterback's uh, mindset, teaching this kid how to read defenses, giving got- him now time instead of putting him under pressure under the gun to have to perform right Better away than- because you know Bronco Nation is is, Bronco is pressure nation. Hold on, hold on. I got to interject. He has been spending a lot of time with Peyton, so he has been getting that mm-hmm. master class. Yeah, but himself. it's different when you when you're spending time with a legend off the field and you got a legend still living, a living legend playing with you. You watching this guy's uh, acumen every day. You seeing his his pedigree. You see how he works out. You see his conditioning and strengthening. You see his paying attention to details. You're in the film room with this guy. You see his work ethic. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the intangible things that is priceless that he will get from the presence of one Aaron Rodgers there in the locker room. It's different when you're in that locker room. It's way different, you know, when you're in that locker room. And not only that, he will be able to go through the motions of the quarterback position as well with Aaron Rodgers because you know he's a tactician when it comes to that. So I believe that Drew Locke would benefit far greater with Aaron Rodgers being there but, than him not. And I think that helps their future to conclude my point as <clears throat> we were speaking. I believe that will help secure your future more than it will help your future because when Aaron Rodgers does retire, which he will in a, in a, in a short here minute, mm-hmm. 
then now Drew Locke steps into a successful situation and it's a lot more conducive for him to win, in my opinion. Right now, without an offensive line, oh my goodness. Well, but Drew's name had been mentioned in a trade package, so he so likely if, if his name's on the trade package, he'll be going elsewhere. Well, and we will probably be starting over. If we'll that be, be the again. case, it'll be a reset. If that be the case, if that if they don't believe in him, that would be the case. I haven't heard that being a strong indication here. From what I hear, it's not them trying to get rid of Drew Lock. From what I'm hearing <clears> is. It's them trying to help protect not only Drew Locke, but put him in a situation where now he could learn from a true veteran who is also a living legend who would, who could actually help him become the tactician and quarterback uh, that he should be at this point, to be quite honest with you. But it's too much noise in his mind. It's too much activity in his head. And as a result of it is how he's collapsing in the pocket and making bad reads you know, making bad decisions. But what Aaron Rodgers would do, he will he will show him how to slow that down in his mind. You understand? And I think it's gonna help him greatly. Way far greater. Well I can say is we'll see what happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Either way I still support the team. But well that is your squad. You should. I'm just but. speaking from an expert's uh, from a professional standpoint. Uh, what would what would be the benefactor? I'm not gonna ride with you every time. I'm gonna no, tell you that. No, no, that's I'm always right. gonna be, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in my lane. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's always in that area, usually. Yeah, we'll see what happens in Broncos country in the days going ahead. I don't anticipate anything happening until after June first. I believe also that uh, Elway. Elway. If the, if this does happen, it will be Elway making it happen. It will be Patton's move. Elway's not general manager. I think, I think, yeah, well, regardless of that. Yeah, he, he still has a role, but you it's not think, that type of role you where he think makes decisions. That boy has a big influence on what happens in, in that. Thing, yes, you yes. think uh, his, that man, that, you know how he was to the, to, uh, the owner of the Broncos franchise? Elway was like a son to him. I know it's like he handed him the keys to the Broncos organization. Whether he is in an active role or not, Elway would always be running the Broncos. Don't get that twisted. Hmm. Uh, that's a weird situation and one that has basically had basically been brewing for the for a couple of years now. And hopefully there'll be a good solution for Aaron Rodgers and. If all ends well, he'll be a bat. He'll be happy in the packing uniform, but we shall see. We're gonna flip back, sit back, relax, take a break here. We're gonna flip gears and talk to NBA um, and figure out what is going on with the Lakers. Um, they've fallen down to a playing spot, and things don't look right in Lakerland. So stay tuned. You are listening, and we'll talk about more basketball as well when we come back to the sportscast.
Welcome back to the Sportscast. We had to take um, an extended break, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but, For the lack of words. But yeah. we are back yeah. in one piece. Yes. And Big as guy. you know, it was just me and Antone. Bobby Boucher had to uh, depart. And he thank- got Boucher. Yeah, he got Boucher. <laughs> yeah, he's Boucher. Let, we'll just say that. Yes. And we we were going to talk about um, recent stuff in the NBA. We know there, there's only a handful of games remaining. Um, the playoffs is coming up. The, um, and teams that were, of course, are still title favorites are struggling badly. Um, especially um, the Lakers have struggled. Um, their recent, their most recent defeat pushed them back down into the play-in bracket. Mm-hmm. But then again, I know a lot of diehard true Laker fans saying they'll be fine, not too much of a cause for concern. Well, they could say that all they want, but the reality <clears throat> is is that there's a cohesion factor happening right now due to the fact of all the injuries that they did have. So they shouldn't be mad at nobody. You know, I mean, it's going to take a while for the for that mix to get back the way it was, for that oil to run back in that machine. I'm and not only that, since the departure of those players that were injured, there's been some newcomers that came in also, in which they're going to have to get a field to play with. Alas, one Drummond, uh, Andre, DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond, who is a centerpiece. So... When you got a big colossal in the paint like that, you're going to have to uh, reconstruct the way you approach the game offensively because it changes the way you play. It really does, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. So I think it's more cohesion factors than the fact that they're struggling. I don't think they're struggling. Why? Because I see the individual play of these guys, and they're balling. They just haven't came together as a team. And, and mixed and came that chemistry is not flowing that oil is not flowing through that locomotive yet but when it does and if it does towards this playoffs look out that's all I gotta tell you I heard that that's all I know that you gotta tell me here um I was gonna jump on that bandwagon I am gonna jump on that here um they had struggled and yes they do have to get time to build back cohesive be cohesive again um I know LeBron's been hurt, AD was hurt, Schroeder's been hurt. So they've been kind of been patching and going as they've been going along. And mm-hmm. we all know they're going to be able to right the ship when the, playoff, when the playoffs come around. And Well, we hope. They hope to, yes. We hope. But they are. That team is, they're champions, brother. I'm not worried about the Lakers. Let me just say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, they'll get in wherever they get in. And when they get in... They will be a problem. You can trust. They will be a problem for whoever is uh, facing those guys. So yes, there's no, there's no short of shortness, if you will, of concern there at all. The least bit of concern, if you will. I know the Knicks were in town last night and they played Phoenix. Yeah, we got blew out last night by Phoenix. They beat the dog meat out of us. I don't know if it was the layover from the uh, West Coast travel, but it didn't seem like my Knicks even got off the plane at Sky Harbor. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, uh, they deserved everything they got. They made the game, didn't they? Yeah, a little bit, but... But Phoenix pulled away. Yeah, they... Trust me, I know my Knicks, and they, they didn't show up, brother. You know, they, they, you know they, they're always going to have that fight at a point. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But basically, but they realize when the game's lost that you know it just packing. You in. just know it. They, you, I could tell when my team packs it in. But you know what? Save it, chop it up for the next one. Yeah, I just and that's what I did last night. I, in fact, I turned it off. <coughs> I just turned it off because I, I but, saw what was happening. You could easily see what was happening. Right. But, but outside of that, though, they've been hot and on fire. If you want to speak about the Knicks, yeah. Never, nevertheless, um, I was I will say nevertheless. They have been hot and they have been playing very well and they have and a lot of there are a lot of reasons for hope and positivity in Gotham and it's been it's been it's been a while, over seven years since it's been feeling that since their last playoff appearance. Hopefully that can be a continuous positive step going forward. Um, another thing to talk about, um also uh, basketball wise, with all the shuffling now that's been going on recently do you think does it still change who the title favorites are um I don't think you can I don't think you can at this point I think that's too premature to say because uh, I'm just dropping everything because um, I believe that um, a lot of these teams have not really um, show me mm-hmm. although their record is showing what it is but they have not showed me the championship pedigree that I need to see yet right. to give anyone else the, the edge over these guys until I see that I gotta say that the Lakers still, still to me remains the fam- favorite in the West alright as far as vulnerability who do you think as far as Tyler Contender is most vulnerable as far as chemistry and cohesiveness would you think Brooklyn has since their three haven't played together much that is a factor right there and it's only because I don't know if you've noticed it but essentially James Harden has became the point guard of the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> let's just say it you know what I mean you know uh, Kyrie Irving is just a wingman playmaker doing this thing dancing and prancing but the guy that really makes that machine work is James Harden. And as long as he comes back in that fashion as a facilitator, I can guarantee you the Nets will be fine. But if he does not, and Mr. Irving continues his little Irving show, and don't fall back and play his position like they did when they were looking like world beaters, then there's a problem. I see. Would there be more vulnerability as far as Guys in the East, maybe Milwaukee, any vulnerabilities with them, Philadelphia, their vulnerabilities? I would have to say, if it's anything, Mm -hmm. it would be Milwaukee. Milwaukee, the most vulnerable? Why I say that, because of the uncertainties in that camp, I believe is causing the confidence level of the players to be a little bit dampened, if you will. By the the rumors and all the things surrounding the front office and coaching and, Mm -hmm. you know, that plays a factor in players. Whether people realize it or not, players are human beings. Let me just go ahead and tell you. These dudes are human, all right? Yeah. You know, they read the tabloids just like we do. So okay. don't think for a second that they don't understand that they are in for a dogfight. 
You know what I mean? If they don't get their stuff together. Mm-hmm. And they know that. Trust me. Giannis sees it. They know it. <laughs> and But you can see the reason why Giannis has been so frustrated because he sees that that level of play in which he is prone to see them play, he's, he don't see it. You can mm-hmm. see it in, in his frustration on the court even. Yeah, you can. That you can't see in... That's something that has to be very mindful because Milwaukee is it, it, Milwaukee good. has an outside shot. But as I said, it's going to be a tough road because the East, the East, the East, the East got some beasts in there with experience. Man, you have to watch out, especially, especially Boston. Yeah, Boston, Boston's battle they, tested. They starting to come I, I around, man. I will not sleep on Boston. St- uh, you know, Brad Stevens has extended his bench and he's bringing some run, uh, some young guns off. That got some nastiness in him, and I'm really impressed with that because he humbled himself, you know, and made the adjustments, the proper adjustments. And I think the addition with uh, uh, Fournier also has definitely added a little extra uh, extension to the way they like to do things, especially in the pick and roll situations. And I think that has been a catalyst also that has helped uh, the cause. And besides the fact that now they're actually playing some defense again <laughs> and crashing the freaking boards and not just shooting and running back down the court like they had been doing for a period in a time. Yeah. You know, so, you know, uh, so, <coughs> yeah. So kudos to those guys in that regard. That's how that is pictured in the East itself. But I see the Sixers with, uh, you know, their situations being considerable. Mm-hmm. Because I see them being more in tune now. They're starting right. to find that. If I don't know if you've been watching, but they're finding that groove right now. The Sixers, they're they're not quite there, but they're right there. You know what I mean? You know, right. and that's a scary thought because Doc Rivers is a coach. Yes, he is. And you don't want to coach against that guy in the playoffs. So no, no you don't. No, you. Didn't. I would like to see how that plays out. No, you not with a coach against him in the playoffs here. I think they might be the team to watch going in out of that top three. Yeah, definitely. I would out think that, so too. Out of that top three, in my I opinion. I would believe so too. But now, as far as a dark horse, I know we've mentioned Boston as possible possible sleeper. Um, but who do you think is a dark horse out east? The true, a true dark horse. Well, I'd have to say the Knicks. Whether you want to say they're a true dark horse or not, nobody expected the Knicks to be in the fourth position in the East right now. And even even them being in the fourth position in the East right now, nobody's just giving them a dog day chance in hell to even get out of the first round of the first playoffs, of the, of the playoffs. So, to me, I believe that the Knicks is the dark horse here. And I guarantee you, in my opinion, if they get out of that first round, it could be a problem because the confidence level of those young men are soaring through the roof right now. Yeah, it is, and they'll be very interested in seeing them as a sleeper. I can see why. Now, let's go and shift gears, come back out, land here to the West. And the Lakers have been Lakers have been within the top three to five the majority of the season. Then the injury bug hit them, and then they just plummeted, worse than the stock market. Well, <laughs> to I be mean, honest, that's man. what injuries do, especially when it's to your superstars. It was their key superstars. You got LeBron and the big fella 
AD out. And you know Schroeder's I mean? out too. Schroeder was out for a period. All of those guys have been out for a period. So nobody has been there. Right. Like, so their struggles right now mm-hmm. and have been has been uh, putting together some type of something right. package to win some type of games. Right. And right now, they're in the spin cycle of getting that cohesion back and LeBron's trying to get his legs and his footing back and AD and all the little boys. But once they get that back and they get back in basketball shape, I think you'll see that the Lakers are still the Lakers. Right. And same questions um, that we asked for the East here as far as vulnerability. Who's most vulnerable out of the top teams and out of those three, what are the vulnerabilities out of the top seeded teams in the West and who do you see as the most vulnerable in the West? In my opinion, You're being yes. I think it's the Jazz. Utah. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's the Jazz, and I know a, p- a lot of people are probably, this is, you know, will disagree with me here, but I just feel that there's just something missing. One piece of something missing here. Okay. And I think they don't have it right now. And. Next year, hopefully, in the talent pool of free agents, they could find it, perhaps. Maybe uh, in the draft, they could find lightning in the bottle somewhere. <coughs> but they don't, it, it, they're missing that piece, in my opinion. I thought you would have said um, somebody like Phoenix or the Clippers. In the- no, I don't think it's Phoenix. I think Phoenix is to be one of the most dangerous out of those tops. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, it's only because of Chris Paul. I've never bet against Chris Paul in the playoffs. I'm telling you right now. So, I think they're the most... I think they're the most dangerous out of those top three that are sleepers right now. You understand in a sense? Because although Phoenix is in the position that they are, I look at them also like I look at the Knicks. As people don't believe them yet. You know what I mean? They don't think it's believable. So, I believe. I'm going to go on the record and say, I believe. Only because, alas, as I say, CP3, who is the quintessential floor general to me, the prototypical point guard of this whole era and decade to me. All right, now, what about the Clippers? Any vulnerabilities there? Clippers, I see vulnerability in the point guard play. Okay. At the point position, all right. Yeah. I don't think they have the type of leadership there to propel them this year. To get them over the hump. Yeah, I I don't think that they have it this year. Mm. But next year, I, I think they see that they don't have it anymore. And I believe they'll go out and address it. Okay. But that's, that's what I see with the clips. Okay. And I love the clips. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of PG 13 and my man, Kiwi Kawhi Leonard. So sweet, like Kiwi with his moves. Silky smooth, double player, two way players. Those two guys deserve better than what they're getting at their guard play right now. A lot of players. Now, in my guesstimation and opinion, that'd be a great spot 
for Kyle Lowry <laughs> to reunite with his boy Kawhi Leonard in the offseason. And I, I'm going to go on record saying that I'm a fan of that. Hmm. Kyrie, Ky- Kyle Lowry with Kawhi at PG. That'll be an interesting trio. An interesting big three version of their own. Because he's a free agent next yes, year. Yes, he is. Got to keep that in mind. Nothing's That's, guaranteed. Right. He is a free agent. Now, and to the last question, who's the dark horse in the West? When do you think that could make a run? That could make a run. I would say Denver would be that team. Denver Nuggets. And although they have lost one Jamal Murray. Right. Those boys are still balling out of control. Everybody, everybody's stepping up. They are playing great team defense. Mm -hmm. They are playing great team ball. They are sharing the ball. It is so beautiful to see. I got to tell you, to see a big man like, like, uh, like, uh, what's the guy, Jokic. Yeah. Man, that guy is probably one of the greatest point guard big fellas I've ever seen in my entire life. I got to tell you, if there is another, please point him out. But that dude can pass the freaking basketball, my friend. That he can, that he can. And, um. These playoffs are going to be interesting, and I, and I can't wait until the brackets are set because I like to do a preview show on each matchup in the first round, which is what I like. Which is what, as a matter of fact, yes, we're going to do that on the sportscast when the playoff brackets are set. Even after the playing tournament, mm-hmm. we're gonna look at each first round matchup and preview it right here on the sportscast and have it available for you to listen. And also, you can share your way to give the feedback. And give it to us and give your opinion, people. And we thank you so much for listening to us here. Yes, catch yes, it, catch us on Anchor, Spotify, and all available podcast apps. Our links anchor.fm forward slash BOK Alien Sportscast. When we come back, we're going to shift gears and talk about tonight's big fight Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders and the UFC Fight Night card. Um, so also is um also upcoming as well. It's a big fight weekend as well. So let's sit back, relax, enjoy this beautiful Saturday. You're listening to the Sports Cast, ladies and gents. And welcome back, welcome back to the sportscast like my name's Cotter. Now, um, it is a it is a big fight weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And first we're going to talk about, of course, obviously, what's been talked about for months now. Um, the past three months, ever since Canelo had his had that easy three round spar session live on TV. Mm-hmm. He now focuses att- focuses his attention to Billy Joe Saunders, the WBO super middleweight champion, I believe, champion in the um, super middleweight division. Yes, and yes, yes. it is a big fight. Also, Alvarez's WBA and WBC super middleweight titles are on the line as well. So it's a three, it's a unification bout. And of course, the the obvious favorite is Canelo here. Because of, because one, his his power, his his defense, his body attack, his calm in the ring, he's <clears throat> Canelo's a man. But there is a chance for Billy Joe Saunders, if anybody can, 
Saunders does have a slight chance. Well, every, everybody has a slight chance, you know, to knock off the champ if he catches the champ slipping. But the thing is, he has to catch the champ slipping. Yeah. And but he's had to be on his, be on his bicycle for 12 is rounds. so precise in what he does and so well prepared when mm-hmm. he comes into the ring that he's going to definitely have to really, really, really stay focused in this fight, I'm telling you. Yeah, and that's what I mean. For Saunders to win, he's going to have to counter well, Man. stick, move, and get out of the way, and he's, don't get in any long firefights with Canelo. He doesn't have the power do to do so. He will lose the power yes, fight. Yes, he will. He, he, he will knows that, too. exchange of gloves. He do not want to do that. Timing is going to be key for him. Man, of the utmost importance. And, of course, said it better. Canelo, what he has to do, he'll, what he'll do best. He knows he, he of course he knows that he's gonna he's gonna slow Saunders down, attack the body, slow the movement down, and he's gonna, he's gonna <clears> cut counter, off the ring. He's gonna counter he's gonna he's gonna take away what Saunders like to do best and see if how he responds. That's what Canelo likes to do. He'll go in the ring, he's already prepared for what you do best. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he does is make you feel like you can't pull that off. And then to see how you make that adjustment. And if you don't make that proper adjustment, that's when he starts to go into attack mode. And when he does that, you could already say the fight is over. Yeah. So why? Because he'd have figured you out at that point. You yeah, have correct. not shown him nothing different than he has not seen. Mm-hmm. And once he saw that you weren't able to counteract or to even maneuver away from your power moves, then he knows he's got you. So this is why I say uh, Billy Joe Saunders has to fight the smartest and the sharpest fight that of his life right now tonight. I'm telling you. Yes, in order he does. To be, uh, <clears throat> in, in order to knock off the champ. And yes, yes, indeed, everyone. And um, right now we're um, looking up information. Right now we're on ESPN.com, and which has the information of the full card, which will be broadcast on the Zone. Um, there are two title fights actually on this entire card here. The second title fight is Elwin Soto Katsunari Takayama uh, for Soto's junior fly, WBO Junior Flyweight Championship. And you also have uh, quite a few undercard fights here. So it looks like a very full, very full slate of boxing. Um, Kieran, Kieran Conway, Solomon Sisko, Frank Sanchez versus Nagy Aguilera. Those are junior middleweight and heavyweight bouts respectively. Followed by <clears throat> an eight-round welterweight title. No, excuse me, welterweight fight. Christian Alan Gomez Duran against Xavier Wilson. And that's followed by a lightweight fight with Keyshawn Davis and Jose Antonio Meza. A, then a featherweight bout, Mark Castro and Irving Macias Castillo. And Kelvin Davis and Jan Marsalek, featherweights and welterweights respectively. So we have a welterweight, featherweight, lightweight. Another two welterweight fights. <laughs> a featherweight, a lightweight, a junior middleweight, a heavyweight fight. <clears throat> the junior flyweight title fight, and of course the super middleweight title fight, the big main course. Full slate of boxing tonight, and a full slate of that, and I'm excited, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're definitely going to be watching the fight tonight, and um, giving our thoughts and analysis on as the fight goes. Absolutely. And, and, I really like the kid uh, Elwin Soto, I'm looking to see him go at it. I'm looking forward to seeing With Takayama, uh-huh. that should be a pretty good fight. Man, that should be a good fight. Takayama, <clears throat> although he's 
he's taken some losses. Yes. But uh, he's got a really crafty little style. I want to see how Elwin so, uh, Soto responds in yeah. that fight. Right. And I want to see how this, um, a lot of these um, newcomers, Keyshawn Davis, I want to see how this young man uh, comes out there. Uh, Comes out and um, and also too. the Sanchez fight yes. should be good too. A lot, a lot of the fights should be very good. So yeah. looking for the great evening of boxing here, and um, yeah. that's our story. We'll stick to that, and we go from the square circle of the sweet science to the brutal, beautiful brutality of the octagon. <laughs> as the beautiful the brutality of the octagon. I must yes. say that's beautiful segue for these two beautiful women. Yes, and it, yes, we said women, um, ladies and gentlemen, because the ladies take center stage tonight. Um, a UFC fight night on ESPN Plus, the women's flyweight main event, which has title implications. Um, Michelle Rodri- Mariana Rodriguez against Michelle Waterson. And it's going to be <clears throat> very excellent here. As Marina Rodriguez, it seems that it's now a make or break fight for her in, in the flyweight division. Absolutely. Uh, I can guarantee you this that. Uh this should be interesting. I think these two fighters are pretty much evenly matched. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as styles and combinations is concerned, it's similar in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So, huh. I like the Waterson uh, girl, but mm-hmm. uh, Marina Rodriguez, she's becoming a rising star in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she takes it. Yep. No doubt. And Webster and ESPN and going to read an article here by a ESPN writer Brett Okamoto. That dude's a man, by the way. Him and Ariel Helwani are my two favorites. Yes. And he and he's basically saying that this this bout for Marina Rodriguez is very important for her because one, she as she is 34 years of age, as far as being new blood in that division. Um, but as far as being a title contender, time, he's saying time's not on her side. Well, you know, you could say time is not on her side, or she mm-hmm. has to be better selective with her with her fights. Right. And uh, but and some of that too. She's exactly. It, that's that's my point. <laughs> and you know, come up mm-hmm. first, then you can speak like you're speaking, right. and then you fight. If you fight some contenders mm-hmm. that's worthy of speaking like right. you are speaking now, then you have a point to speak. Right now, mm-hmm. there's no validity there until right. she situates herself in that regard. And also on this card, <clears throat> and I'm luckily I'm glad I have ESPN Plus. I'm gonna have this pulled card pulled up on my phone because also I know this now. One of I my I got my laptop here, yeah. so I'm, you can yeah. pull up whatever you want. Man. Right. And also on this card, I see that um, Neil Magny. One, Neil Magny's been one of my favorites. Oh yeah, absolutely. And him and Jeff Neil square off, and that Man, I think that, that should, should be, be a very good matchup. Yes, that should be fun. Yes, right that should be fun. Now that's going to be competitive. <clears throat> you you're looking for a competitive matchup. Mm-hmm. That welterweight bout should be definitely a competitive mm-hmm. one right there for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, and very competitive. And he's here. coming off a loss from Stephen yep. Thompson. Uh, uh, G off uh, Neil. Jeff Neil, yeah, yeah. Yes. It should be. It should be. You know. <clears throat> You know, I still, you know, people, one thing about, you know, mixed martial arts, Mm -hmm. a loss actually sometimes helps people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt, you know? And I'm looking forward to seeing Neil bounce back from that, and I think he will in a better way. Mm -hmm. I think it was going to, I think that was a fight that's going to, he's going to look back and say that Stephen Thompson fight helped him. Yeah. Become a great champ. Yes. And that, it does. And I see we have a straw, a lady strawweight fight, uh, Amanda Rebus and Angela Hill. Hmm. 
Overkill. Oh, it's, and, and she yeah. brings it. I like her. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely brings it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's not going to be... No, that's no competition. Yeah, you know I mean? I don't think that's going to be about, in my opinion. Right? Uh, it may not be... It probably won't be about... In a, Much of, I should say. Amanda's going to dominate that. You know that. Oh, come yeah. <clears throat> come on. We know. Come on, man. And like also on the card, one of our all-time favorites, and one of the all-time favorite UFC fighters, and one of my favorites, personally, the Cowboy. Cowboy, Donald Cerrone. That should be a fun one also, if yep. you look at these uh, Styles Make Fight type yep, of it, deals. Yes. This should be good. He's going against good. Alex Morono. Yeah, I don't know who's going to win that. That's going to be a toss-up right there. That should be in, interesting. I don't know who's going to win that. I'm not going to even say who's going to win no, that. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> enjoy that one. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to tune in for an entertaining fight. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems the lead card here on Diego Ferreira. Diego Ferreira, you got uh, Daniel. He's going against Gregor Gillespie. Going against Gillespie there. You got, uh, okay. Yep, and you have, and also you that. You got, uh, okay, no, that was it. Okay, I thought I saw something else. Yeah, no, yeah. and this this fight is also. Um, they got him right here. You know, yep, right there. yep. They're, they're, their last five. Um, Rodriguez had basically three. She went three, one in a draw, mm-hmm. and Watson's three and two. Her last five, both women had been on the winning side here, um, mm-hmm. and that. Um, so they're both coming in on highs. Yeah, they're both coming in on the highs. But that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything because we know a man just gonna dominate that. <laughs> yeah, this is a flyweight fight, and it's in the flyweight division. It's basically be at one twenty-five, so. Yeah. So no women had to, the women did not have to cut weight, which is a good thing. Yeah. Thinking that this would be good for them to have the extra power. They're both fine. The karate hotties are badass. Yes. I've seen her fight. She can. Woo she boys. Woo boy. And is. we are looking for. I like to, that little spin kick move she yes. does. That's, that's a really nice cool. Yep. Little and move. It's, it should be a great ladies main event. Um, for if you if you're watching Canelo fight tonight, which I'm sure a lot of you will. Also check if you have ESPN Plus. Check out this women's main event. You, you won't be disappointed if you really if you for the hardcore MMA fan, you, you you're you know that you know what you know you're gonna like this fight. Yeah, Waterson should show up in this. Yes, one. she should. And now we go from the UFC to Bellator, and we have a new Bellator bantamweight champion, Sergio Pettis. Yes, big up to Sergio Pettis. Yes. Get to win over the guy, the dude, Juan Archuleta. Yes. And I was shocked by that one. Yes, and the cards were 50-45 for one, and the other two were 49-46. I thought that was a good uh, card. Close and it card. said it Pettis had him a very good mature counter, mature performance. I saw he used counter boxing and used a technical bo- technical game here, counter game, yeah. boxing-wise. He, he was the, able to outpoint Archuleta. He took out the vet. Yep. <clears throat> He sure did, and congratulations to him. Yeah, that was a big win. That's a good name win for yes, him. Yes, it is. That's a great name win yes. for him. And after the victory, he called out um, Kyoji Horiguchi, who holds the uh, bantamweight title on Ryzen. should be a great one. But he said he also be willing to give a shot to his uh, teammate and bantamweight contender, yeah, Rafael Sass. Yeah, I would like to see that Horiguchi fight there with Pettis. <clears throat> yep. 
And also in that car, Rumble um, made um, made his made his return a successful one. Oh, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Um, he knocked out um, his opponent, um, Jose Augusto, in the minute and a half of the second round. But um, and Augusto, wasn't easy. oh yeah, Augusto gave him all. They said Augusto gave him all he could in that first round. Over there, yeah. I mean, Dude broke his right hand on the punch head, the top of his head. I mean, Johnson's that boy head. got a freaking stone head. <laughs> oh, stone head. Yeah. Johnson got done some things oh, to clean stone up. Stone head Augusto. That's what you're going to call him. Yeah, man. he he had he, had a he hit him with the Augusto. Yeah, he had, <laughs> yeah, he had the Augusto. A left hook dinner with a rear naked choke on the side. Yeah, you heard him. Yes. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. But he made it through and uh, he got... And we know Johnson, one thing Anthony Rumble Johnson's been known for was his power, and he has some of the Absolutely. scariest power. Yeah, he does. And he's not Deep that down. He could dig in the yep. well, too, and go get it. Yep, and he hit that dude with the right hand, and, and that dude was, was out it. cold in the feet. It was it. It was over. Lights out. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Night night. Mm hmm. Yes, indeed. Night night on fight night. Mm hmm. <laughs> and fight night is hours away, ladies and gentlemen. It's still a very nice morning here. A very beautiful morning, and it's a beautiful morning. We'll this probably is, this is the wake and bake Saturday morning session. You know, I usually do on my chimed in two sports session. I'm just doing it this morning on the Black Alien. I am going to be on my <clears throat> show on my wake and bake Saturday morning show. I will be doing that here shortly. But I'm with the with the boy Black mm-hmm. Alien this morning, and we just vibing, taking yeah. it easy. Yeah, and we'll be seeing the fight. Um, live at the zone. Yeah, so I live can see at it. the zone tonight. We'll be live also. So coming to you straight at, at the, you. At, at, at the, the Betty. Yes, do it. Be at there the tonight. Betty tonight. So uh, stay tuned to the live cast, duo cast tonight at the Bevy live. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And thank you for joining us this morning. And you can always catch us on anchor.fm for slash BOK Alien Sportscast. Yes, this yes. is the alien saying peace, see ya, and good day.